The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, it's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Welcome to City Quick Connect podcast, legislative edition. No, Scott, I am not going to say legislative ledger. It's not Happening. Took us a little. Took us a few minutes to kind of get uh, all of our pre-talking out of us, and uh, and get started recording today. It did I, because I, you want me to call it a ledger. And I'm I not finally, doing it. I, I finally said, okay, let, let's get started. It reminded me of uh, our our mentor Mo. You know when we yeah, would all be standing sitting around the table and Chit-chat. she would go, okay, let's let's get started. Right. Let's let's buckle down. <laughs> so everybody. let's get started. Scott, I'm thrilled to welcome Erica back to the podcast this week. To talk A R P. E dub Erica Wright, welcome. Thank you. I actually have an intro song for A R P. What? What is it? You down with A R P? Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, know me. Right? It just goes. I feel like that's who I am in these streets. But yes, that, glad to be here. I like that. Erica, yes. I'm thrilled yes. that you're on this week. I, I really am here. I am really even am. somewhat familiar with that reference. So, now, yeah. That you, is the yeah, good part here. I've heard that. God, nice. Scott is so much older than Erica <laughs> and I. It's amazing. <laughs> Did you enjoy the Super Bowl halftime show? Do you were you too old? You know, I tuned or? in. I thought the production value was pretty good, yeah. and uh, it was very impressive. Um, I was telling a friend of mine that I need to actually a friend of mine, Harry Williams, the mayor of uh, Hardyville. Oh, yeah, Hardyville. He Harry. and I were talking about it, and I told him I said, Mayor, he said, let's play it at our Low Country Mayor's meeting next week because I'm going down there to give a talk to them. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, you know, let's let's watch the halftime show again together. And maybe we can figure out what they were what they were saying. I said, "Well, we'll get mm-hmm. subtitles so we can yeah. understand Bless and get the his lyrics." Heart. So he yeah. didn't he didn't know. No, no, no. Of course not. He's okay. not familiar with that. Right. He was texting his his son, who was I, more. Hip. I did. I'll replay it for him, or I can give him the lyrics if I, I can did. hang upside down like fifty. <laughs> I did. He enjoyed hang up. That yeah. was yeah, he, he said he enjoyed. That was amazing. It, so, yeah. Yes. yeah. All right. Let's get to it. And this is breaking news today in the Senate Thursday. February, what's today? 16th. 17th. 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 Thursday, February 17th, there was a bill introduced by Senator Brad Hutto. Um, He's a Democrat from Orangeburg. He's also the Senate minority leader. He's been in the Senate for quite some time and as popular for his Rolling Stone neckties. Um, He introduced a bill, Senate Bill 1078, and this is the long-awaited, less-than-audit bill, Scott Explain to our listeners, what is a less than audit? It, this bill would pr- allow cities and towns that have revenues of less than $500,000 a year to compile f- uh, a, a report on their financials, on their finances, in instead of having to complete a full-blown audit of their right. records. right. And this is something that many cities and towns across the state need uh, because the cost of a full-blown gap audit, governmental accounting, except generally accepted accounting procedures audit, right. is very expensive to do. And in many cities and towns across the state, small ones, the cost is not worth the effort or the information to get to comply with state the state requirement to provide an audit is more expensive than the benefit that the city gets from it 
in regard to its local government fund. Okay. So if, if it costs a city $5,000 to complete an audit, a full blown, a full blown audit, audit. Okay. and they're only going to get $3,500 from the local mm-hmm. government fund, which is the penalty for not submitting, doing an audit full, right. is, is withholding of your local government fund. If they're only getting 3,500 bucks, then it's not worth doing right. the audit. Except for well, it's important to except do for the accountability and, 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 right, exactly. you know, and the exactly. and the transparency, obviously. So they have many of those cities and towns have long and we've been advocating for a solution. And so we work with the uh, state auditor's office, uh, the state auditor George Kennedy, uh, very uh, very instrumental in helping us with this. Staff from the state treasurer's office were involved in this, and Jeff Shacker on our staff and I all met and uh, came up with some language that we we provided to uh, Senator Hutto. We also spoke with Senator Ronnie Cromer from Newberry. He right. sponsored the proviso that led to the— The proviso uh, the, that is a one-year law change in the budget. In the budget. Right. There's, yeah. He, Senator Cromer sponsored a proviso that put together this— study group, this working group, and then and charge this group with coming up with some sort of less than audit procedures. And so what the thing will do is require a CPA to to uh, do what's called a compilation that is a common industry uh, term. And there are some agreed upon procedures that would have to be met by that CPA, but the the idea is that it would be much less expensive than a full blown audit. The auditor's office, the state auditor, is also going to uh, is also going to try and engage with uh, accounting firms across the state to provide these services and mm-hmm. others to cities and towns at hopefully a, so maybe there's a, a discounted list. rate perhaps yes so maybe there's like a list yeah. of yeah the people idea that is, they could call okay yeah. he would he would qualify these auditors and cities and towns could say okay we're going to pick this this firm or because or, they're closest to us or we know them or, yeah. or whatever so that makes sense it's good good news and uh, what we need is uh, folks who are interested in this to contact their senator and ask their senator to uh, ask be a that a, be a co-sponsor and then ask that a subcommittee hearing be scheduled as soon as possible. And the bill was referred, it was introduced today, Thursday, and referred to the Senate Finance right. Committee. Yeah. So if your senator is on Senate Finance, please talk to them, ask them to be a co-sponsor, and then ask for us to receive a subcommittee and I'll, hearing. And I'll say this, Casey, about this bill. Uh, Senator Hutto had this language. We gave this language to him a couple of weeks ago. It's been a, been a little while. And really, we're kind of waiting on him to, to mm-hmm. introduce it. But then we encouraged a, uh, a, a town in his district to reach out to him okay. uh, this week and say, hey, look, we know you have this language. Mm-hmm. We are really interested in this. Would you go ahead and and and, and put the bill in. I don't know if that's, I think they called him. Don't know. But uh, lo and behold, this week, he, he put the bill in uh, it looks on the pretty desk. like and it. He introduced it. it. Yeah. So yeah. It, it seems to me to indicate, once again, the power of folks from home calling their legislators and encouraging them to Absolutely. take some sort of action. So um, another bill that I want us to discuss from this week is House Bill 4919. Um, mm-hmm. It was introduced several weeks ago, I believe, by Speaker Lucas and many others. Yep. And it is an early voting 
um, absentee voting somewhat reform bill. It's a pretty big bill. It does a lot of things to the elections voting process. Yep. That bill was in a subcommittee this week, and it received some action, some amendments yep. from that subcommittee. Talk a little bit about that, because I think everybody still is thinking about House Bill 3444 that was amended um, in the House <clears throat> maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. Last week. Last week. Last so week. give talk to us a little bit about 4919 and why we're okay with that while we're not okay with the amended version of 3444. Well, the reason we're not... That's a lot of numbers coming the, out of my yeah, mouth Yeah, the reason time. we're not... We don't like 3444, which is in the Senate Judiciary Committee now, is because there's a provision in there that would abolish municipal election commissions. Okay? And so, as we said last week, this that is, that is the message that we conveyed to senators and to Senate staff... Uh, about that bill, and uh, and we're we're happy to see it assigned back to committee. Forty nine nineteen this week uh, was in the, a judiciary uh, election law subcommittee, mm-hmm. and during the committee that subcommittee hearing, an amendment was introduced to forty nine nineteen, basically a strike and insert amendment okay. that would replace it with, among other things. All of the provisions in 3444. Well, when that happened during the subcommittee, I was there and started reaching out to members on the subcommittee and non-subcommittee members who were there, letting them know, hey, we've got a big problem with that because... This is going to be an issue for us. It would have also attempted to abolish municipal election commissions and the subcommittee was not taking testimony from anyone. And it, so that was a problem. Fortunately, the messaging to the members uh, that, that were in attendance this week at that subcommittee hearing uh, got that message, and they took a recess, came back from recess, and they ended up ultimately striking all of that 3444 language from House Bill 4919. Okay. Which is a good that thing. That is good news. Yes, that's a good thing. And in doing so, I'll I'll say this about 4919, the provisions that came that are that are in it now were largely bipartisan. Right. So the Democrats in particular were very um pleased with the outcome of that okay. subcommittee process. Uh but had it and and, 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 and all, part, the group, all the groups in part worked together. Because, yeah. Yes, and, and they were happy in part because 3444 came out of it. Right. This, the bad sections the bad of that sections yeah, came, came out. out. That's right. So, okay. um, you know, we, we've been telling some of these stories about things that, that we as lobbyists on cities and towns' behalf do just to kind of show you the, the defense that we often have to play and you often don't hear about these things, but it's that's another example of where we would have had no interest in 4919. Uh, we weren't interested in it. We were just following it right. in case something like what happened this week happened. Right. So that we were there to be able to prevent bad things from happening. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's how it played out. So I was happy about that. I'm glad. That's great. Yeah. Less... Um... Let's shift over to ARP. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> on. 
You were ready. Amazing. I was you ready. You were ready. I was ready. And I love it. Who I'm did here. That? I'm here Who for did it. The original. That, my friend, was naughty by, by nature. nature. Naughty by nature. Yes. yes. What, what vintage? It's more of is our that? generation you, of that's music. early ninety. Yeah, early 90s. that's early yeah. ninety. I was still listening to music at that yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. You don't yeah. listen to music anymore. Just not not really. real weird. You're podcasts. a podcaster. Yeah. yeah. You I'm, listen I'm to pods. Into the pods. Right. Yes. If it's not a NASCAR pod, don't show it to you. Well, that's not true. I listen to I listen to some political pods. I do too. I do too. So. Erica, this week mm-hmm. was a big week on both floors, on the Senate floor and the House floor yes. for state ARP, American Rescue Plan Act distribution. Let's start with the Senate. The Senate passed out both Savannah River and Savannah River Site Settlement and American Rescue Plan, but we're just focusing on American Rescue Plan right now. Yes. Tell us what's in the Senate version. Well, it may, because the Senate proposal is so similar to the house proposal Mm -hmm. it may be easier to talk about what they have in common and then to pull out what's different i love it and so the similarities which makes me hopeful that we'll see some kind of bill pass right or maybe like an amendment you know that i think so until before we get to conference that's right yeah that's right and so both bills uh, we'll take it by um, agency that they fund. So both the Senate and the House are proposing to give just over $453 million to the Department of Transportation. Okay. That's solid. That's in both proposals. And that's for that is, roads. That's for I-26. That's right. They're calling okay. it a Transportation Acceleration Fund. Oh, okay. And speci- I know. We get Acceleration? Some nice name, right? I like Acceleration. It. I See what they did there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's meant to... Uh, foster or accelerate the completion of projects on the state infrastructure improvement program. So those projects listed there. The STIP. The STIP. I was going to say STIP, but then we're such a, we always do acronyms. Too many acronyms. I know, we do have a lot of acronyms. I know. I caught myself saying ARPA last week and I I cringed at myself. Everybody at the state house says ARPA and I don't, I like our, I like like ARP. Yeah, I do too. Well, well, speaking of ARPA, the second... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the second pot that they both have in common is they are both allocating, both the Senate and the House proposals allocates $400 million to the Office of Regulatory Staff for, here it is, an ARPA broadband account. Okay. And what that does is foster the equitable ex- um, acceleration and expansion of broadband to unserved and underserved uh, communities, homes, and businesses. Okay. So that's the same. So both ORS, Department of Transportation is the same. So, so far, two th- two big pots of money are exactly the same. That are exactly the exactly same, the same okay. language, exactly the same amount. I'm loving it. Next, we have the Rural Infrastructure Authority. And I'll start where these proposals are the same. They both allocate, and there's going to be a caveat here, $800 million to the Rural Infrastructure Authority. Okay. And they both set up the same three competitive infrastructure programs, grant programs. Here's where we differ a little bit. The House went, or I'm sorry, the Senate, Senate Bill 952 did something different. And they allocated an additional $100 million, or they're proposing mm-hmm. $100 million to the Department of Commerce for economic development purposes. Okay. This requires no match at all if commerce uh, saw fit to... Uh, lift up a, a stormwater project for economic development, they could apply for these grants up to okay. $50 million. And each. these are competitive grants. These are competitive through grants. Through the Department of Commerce. That's right. Okay. That is in the Senate 
proposal only, not the house. Okay. So I'll be curious to see what happens there. Right. What ha- what kind of decision they come to. Right. Well, what they're going to agree on. And the on. house sends $100 million to the Office of Resilience. There we go. There's the That's difference. That's right. Yeah. The house lifts up that $100 million to the Office of Resilience to buy homes or properties that are located in the floodplain for the Office of Resilience. Also in the House plan, that's House Bill 4408-4408, is an additional $8 million to go for professional grant services. So we're thinking guide house here. That's not in the Senate plan. So uh, both... Yeah, Casey grumbled about that last week. As did Representative Gilda Cobb Hunter. Well, we're on the same wavelength there. I feel like that money... I mean, I I don't want to criticize anybody, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. So those are uh, decision... Points and, and given how large these bills are, for it to come down to, are we what are we going to do with resilience, if anything? What are we going to do with grant management, and what are we going to do with commerce? Those are the three points that they have to figure out. Right. Okay. So as massive as this is, and you all know this better than me, I feel like this is a good place to land, where those are the three areas that they need to decide on. Um, well, actually, there's one more in the Senate, Senate Bill 952. We talked about those three competitive infrastructure grants. One of them is an infrastructure grant for water, wastewater, and stormwater. The Senate plan, that's $800 million. Okay. The Senate plan kind of carves that money and allows 60% of that pot to go to large water systems. Big water. Big, Big water. water. I knew that was so coming. those are, right. right. So 30, those are systems that 30,000 or over. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And 40% of that pot will be available to your smaller or your medium-sized systems. Okay. That's only in the Senate plan. The House doesn't make that uh, distinction. Right. It's one pot, and it's competitive across the board. Whether it's big water, small exactly. water, exactly. big liquor, big medicine. But they, and they also share the same $10 million per project cap. They share the project right. cap. Yep. Although Bonnie Ammons with the Rural Infrastructure Authority has said repeatedly, if an application warrants more, mm-hmm. yeah. then it's possible that a project gets more. Also in the language, I was reading this again last night, is it's up to $10 million per application right. or per project. Mm-hmm. So I, um, that makes you think, can one project have multiple applications as we talked about? Well, and of course, multiple projects or multiple entities can submit for a combined project yes. for instance so yes. if if two or three water systems or sewer systems wanted to combine together for a 30 million dollar project then they could they could do that they yeah. could attempt that they could put their money together which is which is good and, and the matches are 25% for large for, for big water 15. 15% for anybody Less than that. That's so, right. And does yeah. this have any kind of um, requirements or stipulations or encourages consolidation? Is that in there? One of the competitive grants, so we talked about three grant programs, mm-hmm. is a regional okay. grant program that does lift up. This requires a 50, 15% match. And that is designed to, as Bonnie, if I can quote her, allow small water, big water to talk to each other and allow for consolidation. Okay. As well, um, there's also just to round out the three planning mm-hmm. grants for very small systems. Okay, and those are defined as systems that service less than three, thirty-three hundred yeah. mm-hmm. po- in population. Because uh, those systems, in a lot of the times, they don't even have mapping 
for yes. their infrastructure. Uh -huh. They're relying on somebody with institutional knowledge of where every manhole is, where every meter lid is, where right. every valve is. They just is. have somebody that knows where it is. So yeah. when, when, when I started, when I was reading water and electric meters for the city of Rock Hill back in the late 80s and early 90s. Did you wear a uniform? Yes. You did? Yes, What course. was the uniform? It was, uh, it was blue dickies and a blue work shirt that had uh, city of Rock Hill on it. Okay. Didn't have my name, though. Oh, that's a shame. When I was reading water and electric meters, there was a, a meter reader. His name was Joe Fudge. Joe okay. Fudge only read water meters, right? Okay. He was the only, that's all, he didn't read electric meters. Joe Fudge knew where every single solitary water meter in the, within the city of limits of Rock Hill was located. I hope somebody interviewed him before he retired. You, mm -hmm. you would call, you'd be out, you'd <laughs> be out somewhere problem. looking for a meter box because they, you know, they get covered up with leaves or right. dirt or whatever, and you can't find it. You would call Joe on the radio and say, hey, Joe, I'm at such and such a place, and, you know, I'm here. You describe where you are. And he would tell you, based on what you describe, to go and take four steps away from the faucet from this house, the, you know, the spigot on the outside, or, right. you know, three steps away from the driveway, you know, halfway up, and you'd walk up there, and within a minute or so, you'd find that meter. That's that impressive. is impressive. That's Very still, impressive. and Joe died on the job in front of Westminster Towers. Oh, uh, there's a plaque dedicated to him uh, in, in, uh, in, in that office there where, where you used to work. Anyway. All right. You were reading that's still, water and electric But what my point is that's still prevalent in a lot of places across the state where you got one person who mm -hmm. knows where everything is. So yeah. that's why these planning grants are, are necessary to in do the uh, maps. many cases. To do the to, to, well, among to other mapping. things, right. you know, yeah. that's just, let me, that would be let me one ask example. you a question. You mentioned that it was a $10 million cap for some of these projects. That's right. What can you do for $10 million? Well, that I, seems like a small number to me, but, you know, I'm not and, an expert and that's and that's a that's a discussion that I had with some lobbyists yesterday in uh, over at the state house. We were talking about uh, about the ten million dollar cap, and in fact, I mentioned to uh, a house member today, this morning, mm -hmm. when Eric and I we, we were talking to him about the because he asked us. He goes, he said, you know, is the is the Senate going to go along with our changes? And we said, you know, don't know. Right. Here's the primary differences, and and I mentioned to him, you know, it'd be great if that ten million dollar cap was higher. But we understand that Bonnie can make some exceptions. Yeah. She's going to have presumably the discretion to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Her folks. Well, that's good. And well, but that you know, and that that gives some people some concern. Uh, is it is that a fair process? Mm -hmm. Is that discretion? Uh, but the question is, what can you get done with ten million dollars? But again, that's where the ability to kind of combine with other entities. Yeah. So so if I'm Columbia Water and Richland County wanted to to make an application with the city of Columbia for a $20 million project. Now you're talking about some, some decent money mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to take care of. One I was having a, um, a conversation with some very close friends of mine this past week, last weekend. And some of my friends live in forest acres. Some live in the city of Columbia and some are moving from forest acres to Columbia. And they were asking me, well, when you pay the Richland County, um, what is it? It's like the they're paying for trash pickup or they're paying for right. no sewer. It was the sewer. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you pay for? What is your bill for the sewer? And I was like, I don't, I don't pay that. I live in the city of Columbia. It's all on one bill. Right. And they were just like, you know, sit down and explain this. Yeah. Why am I paying this person yeah. and that person yeah. and this? And why can't I just pay it all in one 
well, bill. Well, you know, another example would be uh, Rewa, who is the uh, the wastewater treatment provider in all of Greenville County and parts of Spartanburg and Lawrence and Anderson. Uh, they'll partner with some of their sub sewer subdistricts, like Metro, Metropolitan Sewer Subdistrict mm-hmm. up there. They they own all of, they do all the collection uh, and send all of their wastewater for treatment with Rewa. Well, maybe there's some sort of a project that they would both benefit from. So they'll both apply for $10 million, right. presumably, and could put their money together How on, on the same project. How do you just send water to be treated? Like you put it in a bunch of buckets and send it over there? No, are you running in, pipes? Are you running... Yeah, it's in wastewater lines. It's it in is. sewer lines. And in Charleston, yeah. I participated in, because Casey. I'm a nerd, is the Charleston uh, Water Systems citizens class it was like six weeks <laughs> this is amazing it was like every uh, tuesday night and the food was really good but right. that's not why i did it <laughs> and we actually toured water like wastewater plants mm-hmm. and, and just to see what happens when we flush or and where the right. water goes and it was really it's things we don't think about right you know, we no, flush not and we at keep all it, keep it moving you don't remember? Well, you passed the poop plant on I seventy seven on your way to you know like getting on twenty six, and there's the, the big smiley face. That's the city of Columbia's way. It's, it's near plant. my um, my son's ballpark. And then, it smells delicious. And then back up the river on the other opposite side is the Casey uh, is the Casey plant. You don't remember? You probably don't remember this, but many years ago, <laughs> then if it when, was many years ago, then when, probably not. When we when we started the city's <laughs> mean business campaign. Well, now I do. Okay, <laughs> that was many years and people, ago, and people were. And, and cities were cutting like radio ads. Do yes, you remember? I, yes, you remember I remember the, the, the Lee Bailey, how, the Lee Bailey, Bailey toilet flush ad I, that, was that we you, did in Woodruff. Because I yes. remember thinking, yeah. God, that guy's clever. He's a nerd, but uh-huh. he's clever. I wrote, I wrote that and had Lee like, Bailey, who's now the like city a, manager. Yeah, it was like a toilet flushing. And, and do you know where your wastewater goes? And, and Lee, it was, and you Lee, had your radio voice Lee, on? Lee, no, I didn't say, that wasn't I me. I thought you I don't did think I, I didn't voice it. Uh, you voiced Lee, one of them. Lee, so the, one of the lines was, when you flush it, it's gone. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Lee said. It was fantastic. We yeah, gotta, I, no, I remember that. Because I remember everybody in the office being like, God, who is that? He is so clever. No, And somebody was like, oh, it was Scott Slatton yeah, and Woodruff. Yeah, don't, don't. Oh, look don't, at how far you've come. Don't flatter me. Any, um, Erica, anything else on the ARP? So now the Senate passed their version, the House passed right. their version. So they're just going to pass each other in the lobby and they're going to go over to their, mm-hmm. the opposite chambers and they'll likely be referred to Senate goes to the House Ways and Means and the House bill will go to the Senate Finance. That's right. And each of them have a, a ARP subcommittee. Okay. So they'll start there. Um, Again, I'll be curious to hear those conversations about the money to commerce, about resilience. Something that I do find going back to um, allocating these competitive grants is written in both of these bills. Um, RIA, the Rural Infrastructure Authority, mm-hmm. has the ability to retain some of these funds for administrative purposes. And I've heard huh. that those will likely be used to hire staff okay. to assist with those to help grant with the programs. Grants. That's okay, right. Good. And so the, the knowledge base of the, these staff members that they're bringing on, I think, will be crucial. Right. Um, we'll, of course, stay. Um, we have a great relationship with Bonnie just to make sure that we're able to communicate what's happening. Right. And get that information. That's out to right. Our members to our in a folks. timely. Yeah. So they'll they'll get those grants in in plenty of time yeah. and yeah. we can help which, them with the. Which proposal says who who's what is it says six million to RIA and six million to DHA. That's in the House. Yeah. That's and the then House the version. Senate version right. allows each of them to retain one. Right. So there's a, a slight difference mm-hmm. there. And DHEC is receiving funds so that they can expedite the permitting process. Right. Okay. Because these are ARP funds, we have a timeline right. of 2026. So okay. there has to be some kind of expediting going on there. So I'm just glad that it's moving 
absolutely. I'll tell you something. I was I was mildly surprised at the the discussion and the debate about DOT's allocation. I did not see that coming. I thought if there was going to be a floor discussion or debate, it would be on this these competitive grants, and it was not. Both in the House and in the Senate, we saw some considerable amount of discussions on transportation and in particular how are they going to prioritize um there's some concern about an infrastructure project being able to jump the line and i think mm-hmm. the legislation on both sides is very clear that we're accelerating projects on the stip the state um yeah. transportation infrastructure program and I, I may i may be wrong about this but the stip is is dictated by act 40 that was enacted a number of years ago that mm-hmm. said this is the this is the evaluation and uh, selection process for road projects and prioritization mm-hmm. at DOT for for the STIP. So, yeah. um, Act Forty, I think, addresses a lot of the concerns that we that we heard this week already. So, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Erica. Also, in in both of the the Senate plan and the House plan. The um, Department of Administration, the Executive Budget Office, mm-hmm. shout out to our friend Brian Gaines, who I'm sure is listening right now. That's right. <laughs> but uh, they cannot move forward with any project until they present their plans. Or EBO, the Executive Budget Office, cannot release funds mm-hmm. until DOT goes before the Joint Bond Review Committee. Yeah. Okay. On So there's still going to be some weigh-in on which projects get these funds. I imagine, y'all, that legislators, one of their... Probably not, maybe not the one, but one of their biggest constituent issues or what yeah. the highest constituent calls are potholes yeah. and roads and who owns what road. And because mm-hmm. even like my uh, friends of mine, we were sitting around talking and they said something about, God, y'all, these potholes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, is it a city road or a state road? And yeah. they're like, well, I don't know. What's your road? I'm like, my road's a state road. So mm-hmm. we have to call DOT. Yeah. My parents live on a state road, was just in the neighborhood, but it could be. And yeah. I, I imagine that legislators hear a good bit from mm-hmm. constituents about roads and fixing roads and fixing potholes. Yeah. And- well, there's there's going to be no shortage of funds <laughs> no. over the next five, no. six, seven, so ten years. Please don't just dump some asphalt, kind of <laughs> go over it a little bit and call it fixed. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think Secretary Hall is it has got it. She, I know, think she's got it under control. She's got it under control. She knows what the priorities are. Mm-hmm. She knows what she needs in terms of funding. I, you know, I can't, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of secretary hall. We've, we've worked with her on issues we before have. and, uh, she is highly regarded at, over at the state house and, and for, for good reason. So I think some of the concern that we heard this week may have been a little, you know, we just want to make sure that people understand that we're looking out mm-hmm. for the taxpayers. If anybody's so. got a plan, Christy Hall's got yeah. a plan. No, I agree. Not to mention, and this is for another podcast, all of the money that she is getting from the bipartisan infrastructure deal to deal right. with roads as well. So we need to do a, a podcast lo- about that one and, too. And the recurring funds that she's asking for to best leverage that mm-hmm. money as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Which there DOT's is, going there to have is no of shortage of funds no. in the state budget. No, the this BEA year. this week certified one and a half billion in recurring and three point no, what was it? I don't remember. Uh, three point three point one in non recurring and one point five in recurring new You've money. You've really been taking your billions um, supplements for memory. Four point six billion dollars that are going to be available. 
That's to the General Assembly for this budget. That's huge. And then the, yesterday, um, the House leadership and the governor introduced an income tax proposal mm-hmm. yep. um, to use some of that money. So I think we're going to see a lot of those different proposals. There are a lot of um, of legislators that prefer a comprehensive approach. They don't want to do this one. They want to do comprehensive or they want to do it all at one time or they just want to do this income cut. Um, they want to give back to taxpayers with all of this extra well, money. So. You know, uh, we we agree with Senator Sean Bennett from Somerville that comprehensive tax reform is the best reform is what we should be we should be aiming at because the tax cut proposal that uh, that Chairman Peeler put on the floor today mm-hmm. proposes to cut the manufacturing property tax rate. Uh, I I don't recall what they, the proposal is to knock it down to, but it's ten and a half percent now, which is, sounds big, and right. it is compared to other states in particular. But but the proliferation and the ubiquity of uh, fee, uh, fee in lieu of tax agreements across the state for manufacturers knocks that down to six percent or lower mm-hmm. in some cases. So. Um, it's a lot to look at. It'll it's be a lot to study to see cause and effect. If you lower this, something has to come up. And the other thing is, historically, the February BEA estimate goes higher when they make their final estimate in mm-hmm. May, mm-hmm. which always benefits the Senate. Exactly. And the, every, the House always complains <laughs> yeah. that the Senate has more the money Senate to hand out. So, so that $4.6 billion in new money is likely to go up mm-hmm. uh, come May. So, Erica, thank you so much for coming today and talking about oh, ARP. Sure. You are the expert. No, I, I'm not going to say the municipal association expert. I think you are the statewide expert on ARP. Thank you, Casey. I, Scott, I was standing next to Scott in the lo- lobby, and I, I can't remember. I think it was Senator Nikki Setzler. And someone asked him, how long do we have to spend these funds? And he was trying to get the answer. I was like, let me go in there. I can I answer that. <laughs> let me in there. I but he got the answer. Yeah. Yes. You were yeah. throwing up some sign like, like you were just like, it's, I, I know the sign. answer. I know, I know everything about yeah. it. Scott, do you have anything else you want to talk Did about? Do we want week? to talk about 1026? The, uh, is that, is that what it was? 1026? 30, 3126, the anti-vaccine mandate bill. We'll talk about that next week if it gets moving. Why we'll don't we save does. that for next week? Because yeah. it still has to get to full committee. It just came out of subcommittee mm-hmm. today. Right, so, right. Let's um, save that. Hey, that's a teaser for the next episode. That is like professional and that podcast really, kind that, of stuff. That really goes along with my tagline at the end of every episode. Although I've been given some more things to say, so I'm really going to beef up my, um, my ending. You're going to have to write it down at some point if... If no, because it's different every time. I mean, I'm still going to say some things, but I, I, it's the same thing. But I'm just going to add stuff every week. The mom and me can't help well, it. Well, yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. If you have any questions about the American Rescue Plan Act, please call Erica Wright on our staff. You can find her number on our website. www.masc.com. SC. She is available for questions, email, phone calls. She can. She knows it all. She knows everything about it. So please call her and and ask her those questions. Look, when you've got U.S. senators' offices referring no back kidding. to her brain, then that ought to tell you something. Amen. Anyway. Please wash your hands in any situation. Just wash your hands, especially after you've gone to the bathroom. 
wear a mask, get vaccinated. That's, that's good you, advice for any time, well, right, not just right. during a pandemic. Get get vaccinated if you choose to do so. Uh, make sure you eat your vegetables, drink your milk if you're not lactose intolerant, get exercise and drink plenty of water to hydrate. And if you have questions about whether or not to get your kids the jab, talk to your physician. Talk to your pediatrician. Your pediatrician. He or she can help you with that decision as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.